0: Welcome to Post Credit Conversations, a movie podcast where we believe that a film is only as good as the discussion it inspires. My name is Kale Prindle. And I am Slade Lane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're really cool. We're what? wearing awesome coats and sunglasses. And. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking.
1: We're... A- anyway. <laughs> we're back into the Matrix, baby!
0: Let's reload Which this thing. Should have been the tagline for Matrix Reloaded. It should have been Matrix Reloaded. We're back in the Matrix, baby. That's what it should have been. <laughs> they didn't do it. That's a missed out opportunity. It's, uh, sad. It would really. have. It would have increased their box office earnings by at least fifteen percent. <laughs> wow. I think. I mean, if it had, <laughs> if they had done that, it would have
1: still been the highest grossing array of movie. If they had done that, what? Yeah.
0: Was this the highest grossing for a while
1: until Deadpool?
0: No, until Passion of the Christ, then Deadpool. You're skipping. No, one. But, no, no. Oh man, we got to check stuff.
1: Hold, hold up, is... hold up. I'm reading from the Wikipedia, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Okay. Little teaser. Nice. <laughs> the nice. film received generally positive reviews from critics, although most felt the inf. It felt it inferior to the first film. We'll get into that. It grossed seven hundred forty-one point eight million worldwide, breaking Terminator Two: Judgment Day's record and becoming the highest-grossing r film of all time until Deadpool surpassed it in twenty sixteen.
0: I am skeptical. I know you just read it to me. I'm just seven forty-eight.
1: Passion of the Christ.
0: <laughs> this is so thrown together, but this is
1: important. We need to do this. <laughs> Uh, of the Christ, <laughs> of the Christ. We are talking about a lot of Christ figures right now. Uh, on we this are. podcast. Uh, Passion of the Christ, six hundred twelve million.
0: That's so weird. I swore it was like the highest for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, Matrix Reloaded. Let's get to the good stuff. Do you want to take a crack at doing the summary of this one, or do you want me to do it again? I'll try it. (laughs) All right. All right. Tell us about The Matrix Reloaded. The Matrix Reloaded
1: was released on May 15, 2003. Now I'm going to try and not look at the Wikipedia. So, uh, Matrix Reloaded takes place uh, six months after the events of the first film, The Matrix, Uh, the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar led by Morpheus, including Neo, who has, uh, found his, uh, newfound role as the one and, uh, doing a very good job of that, uh, and also, uh, working on his romantic love life with Trinity that he found, uh, at the end of the first one, uh, the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar is finally on its way to Zion, uh, where, All of humanity has made one last-ditch effort to survive in peace, but also fight the war against the evil machines that have been plaguing them for who knows how long. We really don't know. Uh, Zion is this uh, labyrinth of underground tunnels near the Earth's core because it is still warm. Uh, While there, we learn that Zion is preparing for an imminent attack by the Sentinels, who are, as of that time, boring down towards Zion to attack and they will be there in 72 hours something something like, that. something like that um there we meet a colorful cast of characters one of who i'm sure we'll talk about um but anyway uh morpheus gives a big old speech about uh how we will defeat the sentinels because he believes because the power of belief is more important than anything i guess we can talk about that later um point being Uh, the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar must go venture back out under uh, the, or not under the advisement of the head of security, whose name is... Locke. Locke. Huh, that's funny. Uh, uh, (laughs) Locke. Because there's beef between him and Morpheus. Morpheus goes out uh, because they must enter and reload into the Matrix uh, to find the Keymaker... After meeting the Oracle, uh to uh dispel certain doom for Zion, and that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it gets it gets harder after that.
0: <laughs> it does. No, I was trying. To, I wanted to see how you do on that because the the, in some ways the plot of this one is so simple, mm-hmm. and yet there's so many. Yeah. Random tidbits like wrapped up in this one, yeah, um, which often feel important, but I don't know if they really are important. That's that's part of the challenge here. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So Slade, where do you want to start?
1: I don't. Uh, uh, how long has it been since you seen The Matrix Reloaded? Three years. Oh yeah, that's right. You watched it more recently. <laughs> Well, that was a lame question to ask.
0: (laughs) 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 No, three years ago, I was sitting around on a weekend. I was very bored, and I'm like, oh, hey, Reloaded and Revolutions, and I watched them back-to-back in one afternoon, and that was about three years ago. Um, However, I'll tell you that in both of those movies' cases, I feel very differently about both of them this time than I felt about them then, which is interesting to me. So. I won't go too deep into that quite yet because that'll give away all my ratings. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But yeah, I guess, I mean, but to to play off of that question, uh, what was something, Slade, that you misremembered about this movie that when you rewatched it, you're like, oh, that's <sighs> different than I recall?
1: Yeah. Um. So, so this is hard because I don't think I've ever actually watched this all the way through. Um, oh, well, start okay. to finish. <laughs> but but uh, like we talked about uh, the first time, I have memories of it because it was very similar to my scene, The Matrix, when I was much younger, which is I saw the bits that my friends wanted to watch, <laughs> you know, whichever action scene. And so I've always had an impression of this movie, number one, just not being as good because that's kind of what people talked about or whatever. It's true. but But also... <sighs> The, the, the sense I remember is the color scheme. I, I mm. think the color scheme and, and everything kind of changes. It becomes more vibrantly green. Like, it goes from feeling like almost an indie movie from the first one. Like, having some really indie elements and just, you know, a, a, like it was shot on film. Whereas this one really feels digital um in how it's shot like the colors are vibrant it's it's much more hd for 2003 and everything else um and that's always bothered me but upon this watch i wasn't angry at it it <laughs> it was working for me
0: um, okay cool yeah <sighs> that's, cool it's um, one of the things. <laughs> some of it worked for me. I think in general it worked for me less this time than three years ago. That's kind of how mm-hmm. this one has shifted. Uh, so a couple of things. Like When I mentioned that the plot can be summed up very easily and yet strangely not. Like If I was going to sum up the plot as quickly as possible, it's Neo wants to get back to the Matrix's source code. Mm-hmm. To do that, he needs to find the Keymaker who's being held hostage by some douchebag. And then they get the key maker, but then Neo has to make a sudden choice at the end of the movie that makes him not go back to the source code the end. Yeah. Like, that's basically it. And I think that what throws me off the most on this film is that when I think about the first movie, we are constantly learning alongside neo like what is this world what is the matrix how does this work oh my goodness really that's kind of cool and every step of the way he's learning something and we're learning something this movie gives us almost nothing to learn until the last 10 or 15 minutes of this movie yeah and i feel like that's one of the main reasons it's not as engaging because from the very beginning they're still trying to do all the same action stuff we can talk about whether or not they pull that off or not. But they're trying to do a yeah. lot of the same action stuff. The aesthetic, aside from color scheme changes, yeah, there's some of that. But the aesthetic is still there. The feel of it is yeah. still there. Um, but the the general, like the stakes and what we're supposed to be learning and just the engagement with everything in this one is so different
1: yeah. than the first. I would agree with that. Um, this movie takes a while to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I also tried to watch it around the same time you did. Um, and I, I might've got half an hour in maybe 40 minutes. <laughs> and if could. I would have just stuck with it for another 10, things would have picked up, but it really does take a good 45, 50 minutes to get going. I mean, th- this yeah. movie starts much like the first one with an action sequence with trinity and then yep. you learn it's a dream <laughs> you know and then it's sort of <laughs> sort so, yeah yeah sort of a premonition if you will and it's and then it it like you talked about it being very much exposition driven and, and being surprised of that in the first film i actually didn't think this movie was as much talking as, well I've, as I had previously yeah. thought
0: actually but, I <laughs> sort of agree with that yeah. yeah it's it's less talky than I remember but the parts where they do start to talk are so weird and not important <laughs> at all like yeah, yeah. would they meet up with the Merovingian who's the guy who's taken the keymaker hostage? And he just goes on his rambly speech about cause and effect. Yeah. About sending a piece of cake over to the woman who is also just a program. And she eats a piece of cake and then apparently has an orgasm because of the cake. And he's like, yeah, because I caused that because of what I put in the cake. And it's like... No one cares, dude. Like, what are we talking about? Everyone is here because yeah. they're trying to find the key maker, and you're off on your own little philosophy rant about cause and effect in the universe. Now, that does tie in thematically with a lot of yeah. what else is going on in, in this movie and throughout this trilogy, but its placement is so weird. And the first movie, when we talked about last week, is a lot of those expedition, uh, expedition, exposition dumps. Uh, happen when something cool and interesting is also happening. Like we're learning about the machine world in that white room and the TV and we're the ones who scorched the sky. Or, yeah. or let's learn about the physics while we're fighting in the dojo. Let's learn about how the agents can morph into any person in the Matrix, but we're listening to this really awesome song and you know, you're know you getting jostled around and you're not sure what's happening and where or, or you're looking at the woman in the red dress. Like These are iconic scenes where we learn a lot, but in this movie... <laughs> <laughs> when the yeah. talking really takes off, it's just talking. Yeah. And it's hard to catch why it's important or how it's connected. Yeah. No, I guess I, is what my real issue is.
1: No, I agree. And it, it a lot of the things in this movie are no longer novel like they were in the first yes, movie. You I know agree. what I mean? I, in the Merovi- Merovingian. Merovingian yes. it, I think is a really perfect example of that because in the first movie number one you have lawrence fish- Fishburn talking the whole time, or you have um agent Smith Agent Smith scroll down uh <laughs> Hugo weaving yes, <laughs> I'm sad that I couldn't remember it the second time anyway you have those I just think guys it's funny giving last
0: the week you were. Was, Last week you were like, we're some of the only people who are actually going to remember that name. Yeah, and, I and then, then I, I forgot. The okay. um,
1: yeah, but they're the ones giving this information, and it's so uh, interesting. It, and you hinge on their every word. Then you get someone like Merovingian in this movie where it's just like, okay. Like, you're, you are the stepping stone to the next part of the action, and... It was a weird choice to be like, let's give him a bit of the philosophical mm-hmm. bits to drop in this movie that just plain aren't very good in my opinion. I don't think the writing's very solid for his speech. It's it is no. it it almost feels very pretentious and and nothing shows that more than when you go into the code of the woman of her eating the cake and it feels just so so 2000s you know of just like yeah. uh, a a little too like haha see we're talking about sex i'm like in t- in 2022 i'm like i don't care like that it was right. so unrent uh uninteresting and and odd and felt very
0: uncomfortable um but yeah it, it, it's just but yeah i think not that interesting
1: in a lot it's of
0: not that. I think your point about it sounding just really pretentious is an interesting one because he is a pretentious character. So it actually, Mm -hmm. it does match the character. It just interrupts the flow of what's happening so much. Like the first film, you're curious what's happening. There's a whole, I'm awake, I'm asleep. I don't know what's real. And then once you get into the Matrix, it's like, it's training time, buddy. You know, it's like, like, that's what we got to learn. This movie is just so different because yes, you have the threat of Sentinels are drilling through the earth to try to get to zion so we need to figure stuff out fast yeah and Morpheus is like but i want to get back in the matrix because there's more stuff to be figured out so there's kind of this ticking clock but not throughout most of this movie that clock is not important they don't actually pay attention to it no, no. one's reminding them of it there's no urgency but also there's just nothing else to learn and so instead yeah. they're like we're looking for the key maker and then the merovingian's like let me drop some philosophy stuff, and yeah. it's like, dude, we are on a mission. <laughs> it's like now is not yeah. the time for this. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. It it just doesn't add, it, and there's other speeches that I think do add, but that that one might be the most accretious in the movie. Of just,
0: ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Where do
1: you want to go from here?
0: <laughs> Well, since we're on the Merovingian, let's just keep going with some of the weirdness in the middle of this movie. His okay. wife-ish, Persephone, yeah, uh, and that stupidity of, <laughs> I'm going to help you out, but Neo, you have to kiss me and mean it. Yeah. Kiss me like you would kiss Trinity, and then I'll help you find the Keymaker. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, It feels so weird. It's so awkward. I don't understand the point no. of it. Um it's so so bizarre.
1: I don't no, get it. Man. I don't we, know why we, it's there. We could stick on the that f- It's probably shorter, but it feels like 15 minutes. Uh it does feel long. It it feels long <laughs> b- because of how honestly sucky it is. Um yeah, that it's that bad. whole thing is weird. It you know, it, I, I try and forgive characters who say or do or don't know certain things. But but there's also something weird with Merovingian's wife of just like he acts like she doesn't know, even though she's like right there as he's giving this weird right. speech about the cake. And then like <laughs> five, she's just ten minutes, to it. half hour, I don't know how long... Later, she's like, Haha, I betrayed you, and I knew exactly where you were. You were in the bathroom with that hussy. And it's like, Yeah.
0: Like, he. Everyone. What? He even told them at the table. He's like, I gotta go. It, yeah. It, he it basically is, tells them he's gonna go hook up with someone. And right, the thing it, with it, it Persephone, just, if if her name is, I think it's Persephone. Uh, Monica Bellucci is, is, yeah. is the actress. Yeah. But it's Persephone. like, you could have skipped the entire weird kiss me like you're kissing her scene. You could just skip that. And you could just be like, my husband's a dirtbag. Yeah. And I want to like mess with his life. So because of that, I'm going to help you. The idea of the love thing doesn't make any sense to me. Now, maybe it doesn't make sense to me for a few reasons. One, because it just comes out of nowhere. I think it's horribly written. It's very strange. But the other thing that makes this weird is in this movie, we find out that... Almost everybody that they are gonna interact with are not other people in the Matrix. Yeah. They are programs yeah. in the Matrix. We find out the Oracle is just a program. Yeah. And her bodyguard, Seraph, who has very little to do in this movie, he's yeah. a program. And the Merovingian's a program. And the architect, which we'll talk about later, is a program, which means Persephone's a program. The woman who eats the cake is a program. What yeah. is the point? That that's I think the other thing that changes a lot is like. I think that gives so much for the audience to try to ponder and think about and untangle that a lot of these things don't make sense. What does a program want with feeling loved by Neo? I don't know. It's weird. It's out of nowhere. And a lot of these other programs, just because they are not explained are also very strange. There's a small speech. uh, The Oracle gives it to Neo early on where she talks about all the programs like The breeze that's blowing the trees, that's a program. The sun is a program. It's like, okay, that's all environmental. But there are other more malicious programs. Things that you've heard, like basically mythic creatures like vampires and werewolves are like rogue programs that can't really be controlled or something, right? Well, that's like the only explanation we get to some of the bizarre and bonkers characters we get later. So like the twins, who I remember when this movie came out, it was like, oh, those guys are awesome but I don't know what the heck they are and I don't yeah. know why it matters and how are they different from the agents and, and there's all of these things that it becomes overwhelming in the mind to try to figure out how this works. Now, if the Merovingian had been another person who's like, no, I'm a human and I'm in the matrix and I understand it's the matrix just like you understand the matrix, but you know what? I maybe it's like a a cipher upgrade. Yeah, like I've been plugged yeah. back in, and I know how to work this system now. And that would be so much more interesting, I think, if the Merovingian is just some sleazy dude yeah. who's just like, "Yeah, I got the key maker. He's locked away because I don't want you messing up this whole matrix thing for me. Yeah, because I've got my own system. You know what? It, oh, totally rewriting a movie. It doesn't matter, but." What if it was someone who had been freed from the Matrix years ago, like a Cypher, and had left Zion and had their own ship, and they were just out there causing trouble because they actually like being plugged in? Like, what if they were... Oh, that'd be so much more interesting. But because they're all programs, it's not that interesting to me.
1: (laughs) No, I I agree. And it's very hard to understand any motivation for those characters, because it's like, you're a program. And, And... it, it works with what the film is doing at least for a certain amount of this movie, which is we're just doing what we are here to do. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is a very main point of like Neo, you're going to do what you're going to do. Right. And, and there can be no other way, but it would have been much more interesting and probably relevant to take At least the Merovingian and and do something like that with the character where it's just like you're a real character this isn't about like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do it's just like I here is a consequence of me doing what I was gonna do and what it looks like that would be much more interesting because it's like this human character did what they were supposed to do but but it feels as though they have more agency than a computer program where it's just like i don't care what merovingian does he's a program like he's very program it doesn't matter you know like cypher is interesting because he's a human
0: yeah. <laughs> you know he and you can he, understand he Cypher's wants to plug back in yeah you don't exactly. understand the merovingian's motivations aside from him being a turd yeah, yeah. it's like you're just annoying is what you yeah. are <laughs> well yeah <laughs> it's very irrelevant that's like
1: i'm a turd just because this is the way i am it's like well yeah, It's really hard to power. feel
0: anything about you. you know. Right. He's, we're told that he wants power. But again, as a program, why? And, and his whole speech about cause and effect and everything else, like again, that's a big thematic push for this entire trilogy. Um, yeah. Because even in the first movie, it's when Morpheus says, you know, do you believe in fate? And he's like, no, because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of anything. And that yeah. theme gets continued in this film about you're saying that you made the choice, but you didn't really make the choice. It's already been made. You just have to understand it, mm-hmm. kind of these things. And that's actually really cool and interesting. But I don't think the Merovingian is the best character to do that. And yeah. I think it's supposed to be showing that he has this cold calculating program, that he's not interested in their emotional reasons. He's just like, this is already in motion because a thing happened and now we're just seeing it play out. Yeah. But the reason that's such a bummer Is because the vast majority of action set pieces in this movie are centered around the Merovingian and his bodyguards, his his entourage, whoever they are, right? Yeah. But because he is so impersonal, those fights in those action scenes also feel impersonal. Yeah. So let's use that as a launching pad (laughs) into. Let's talk about the action in this movie. And, and how do you feel about it overall? Let's do overall, um, and then we can go kind of scene by scene. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed the action in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is another kind of thing <clears throat> um, from earlier in life of, like, eh, it's just not as cool. This time through, I actually really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, you know, once it got going, I was just like, this is fun. It felt very fun to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Just having Neo know how to fight, it felt as though his opponents were upgraded as well. Um, At least to me, there was a sense of danger with the twins. Because it's just like, they are, well, they're not agents, like you said. But Neo doesn't know what to do with them.
0: They're just... This crazy just thing, these and, weird vampire or something, you're th- right? Aliens, yeah, yeah, M-
1: Medusa type things, and <laughs> right. and yeah, that was really cool. Like, so much of the action in this movie differs from the first. When when I think of the first movie, and I think most people, it it's guns blazing mm-hmm. action. It's gun action, um, yeah. which when I do see like the Kung Fu kind of action sequences in those, I never really liked them. Like the last fight with Neo and the, hmm. and agent, uh, Smith. It's like, okay, whatever. In this one, <laughs> I felt engaged with it. It felt okay. like, an, it felt like an Ip Man more, oh, you that's know, interesting. Cause you know, things were moving. They lasted longer. Um, so, so once he starts fighting the twins and Merovingian's entourage, like in that, uh,
0: stairwell, fo- whatever. stairwell
1: foyer thing. Like I felt that was, it was just fun to watch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause there was just so much choreography and everything else, the use of the environment. It, it was very fun to watch. Um, even when it gets to the freeway, it, it adds in like these motorcycles and just very interesting things to watch. And, and maybe that's more just movies don't revolve around those kind of things anymore. Right. As a whole, you know, there's there's not giant big action sequences of of cars being destroyed or motorcycles like it is a very early 2000s and before thing but it was interesting to watch and and see it all unfold Uh, cool as in now just because you don't get it as as much anymore like uh, we always bring up marvel in some some respect but like in a marvel (laughs) movie you don't get action sequences like this uh the all those movies feel very cgi'd And things like that. Like there is action. It's just so – it's a different type of action. And and we talked about this a little with John Wick where there is a choreography. There is just so much skill in doing these sequences. And I felt I was getting that in this movie once it got going.
0: (laughs) You know. Well, that's it once it gets going because the first action sequence in this – the first couple are I think just bad. So mm-hmm. the Trinity premonition, which isn't really a fight scene, it's just yeah, yeah, her jumping off a motorcycle and then falling out a window. Yeah, uh, yeah Let's <laughs> <I'll yeah>. just <laughs> oversimplify it like that. Well, but it, when <clears throat> but no, but with
1: but compared with the first movie where it's also Trinity, but running from the agents, like there's this urgency, like what's gonna happen?
0: It's a real. Where is this going? In the first one,
1: and in this yeah. one, it's just like, oh, okay, and then it ends so abruptly, and then it's like, oh, it's a
0: dream premonition thing it something it becomes very uninteresting very quick go ahead it does <laughs> and so when neo starts fighting the agents the first agents that show up and he's like oh mm-hmm. you've been upgraded but those aren't interesting fights because he's just casual kind of just like we saw him at the end of the first movie like duh, yeah. duh, 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 you can't really hurt me duh, duh, duh. and i'm flying and he's done and yeah. then his <laughs> i think the next fight scene after that is with seraph yeah which is I think one of the worst and most annoying fights in the movie because those two guys should be really fun to watch But we don't know who Seraph is Yeah, and this is the thing the stakes are so out of whack with this film because he just opens a door There's Seraph. He stands up and he's like I'm the one he's like well Then we're gonna have to fight and it almost felt like a bad old kung-fu movie it's like you think you're the one. We will we will fight then. But there's no reason for them to fight, and I don't know why it matters. So that one is extra bad. The one after that is when all of the Agent Smiths show up, Mm -hmm. and I actually did enjoy this one actually a bit more than I remembered. Like it's silly. I didn't like expect to enjoy it as much as I did. (laughs) I didn't either. And I was was like, actually, this is really
1: fun to watch. It is
0: like it's part of it is very dumb and very silly. Like they do put in bowling pin sounds when he throws one agent into all the other agents. And you actually hear like a bowling like it's so dumb. But there's a couple of really great moments in there that I'm like, oh, that was actually kind of fun. And I didn't mind the CGI Neo jumping around this time, which I was surprised. I thought he would bother me a lot more than he did. Yeah. So, by the time you get to the Merovingian, I don't know if I completely agree with you on it. I think the choreography in that stairwell is very cool. We didn't yeah. talk about it for the first Matrix, but the fight choreographer for the, these first three Matrix movies, I don't know about the fourth, is the same guy who does the choreography on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. So, there's some really good stuff that's happening here. Yeah. Um, but I think the downside of that stairwell is the problem that I've kind of been alluding to, which is, I don't know why I care. They have the key maker. They're running. So now it's just like Neo has just been almost downgraded to bodyguard. You take care of these guys so we can get out of here. And compared to the first movie, the first movie when they walk into the lobby of the building, stakes are high. They are here to save Morpheus. So you care about every moment. And you're not sure if Neo can do it or not. And then when he fights Agent Smith at the end, these two guys hate each other. So you're ready to watch this brawl go down. But with the Merovingian uh, entourage, it's like these are just almost faceless goons. They yeah, have no personality. Yeah. They have no lines. They're just a stunt team here to fight with Keanu Reeves. And I think that's something that's a real bummer. It would yeah. be so much more interesting if we knew who they were or why it matters. Now, there's still some cool stuff in there. I think the wire work is actually kind of fun. Yeah. Like jumping from one stair... Case down to the floor and then back up to the other staircase. Like, it's, again, it's silly, but it actually looks kind of fun and keeps you in this world, and you're seeing other programs that also have these kind of abilities similar to Neo's, but a little bit different. Um, so there's some good stuff there, but oh, I was missing. I wanted to have stronger connections between the characters so that the fight would mean more to me. Now, the freeway scene has both the... Best stuff and the worst thing of, of one thing specifically. But I'm going to talk the best stuff first. Practical effects. You mentioned mm-hmm. the explosions. Yeah. You mentioned also. um I didn't look it up fresh on this. But if I remember correctly, the Wachowskis basically had a miniature freeway built specifically mm. so they could do this entire. Because it's a long sequence. They are it driving is. a long it is. time.
1: It, it, it is. A majority of the second half. Like, once... Feels, yeah. Like, like really, once it's, it's... I don't want to say it's around the hour mark, but a little bit after is once it picks up. Yeah. And, and it lasts from when it's a they good 20 see the Mar- 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 Merovingian to the end of that is, is half an hour or more. Or more.
0: Yeah. So, I love... Like So they had this giant freeway built so they could just fill it with cars and motorcycles and do whatever the heck they needed to do. So I think that's amazing. That's really cool filmmaking. Uh, Once Trinity's on a motorcycle, I think it's just thrilling. That is shot so well. It looks so cool. And even though there are moments where you can tell, like, okay, well, that was... Not a real car, and that was the CG car or whatever, because yeah, there's no way yeah. a camera could move like this. It still looks cool, and you feel the thrill of her weaving through traffic. Oh, yeah. I love that, I think that's so good. Um, Morpheus <laughs> samuraiing the car and then shooting the gas tank, it's great, it's so cool. It's <laughs> yeah. the coolest a- after getting it,
1: it handed to him in the first one. It's just yeah. like, and and he still gets it a little bit on the freeway. But right, but then you get more of the uh, 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 oh, it's so strategic
0: cool. fighting the, from him of just yeah, figuring that side it step, out sidestep yeah slashing the car so it flips over and then just shooting the gas tank and it explodes. Yeah. I'm just like oh, Morpheus, that that was really badass. You did you, that yeah. was awesome. So there's some great stuff in there. The downsides of that section is it's one of the things that this movie is still a little too obsessed with it. It still loves it slow motion way too mm-hmm. much. And you get that right before they get on the freeway. There are shots of the, these two cars just coming toward the screen. And then it just randomly slows down so you can see them pull the trigger a few times. And then it speeds up. Like, that was not interesting to yeah. see. Yeah. You didn't need to slow it down. And they do that throughout the movie. But I think the, the worst part <laughs> is when Morpheus is fighting on top of this semi-truck. I think is the time that you could most tell, oh, this is your green screen CGI thing. I just don't think it dated very well. And I was surprised by that. There were a few of those shots in there that I just thought looked really weird. Yeah. Um, and it kind of took me out of it a little bit. And again, he's fighting. I guess at that point he's fighting an agent. But either way. Yeah. Um, but then there's stuff that's cool when Those semis crash into each other. That shot of him flying through the air, it looks cool. So it's a very mixed-up action sequence to me. There's a lot of cool stuff, but then there's other stuff that's like, well, you're falling too much in love with your slow motion, and I think some of this just didn't age as well as it could have. And then I watched the third one last night. I know you haven't revisited the third one yet. But what I was thinking last night is like, I feel like they had one giant budget for these two movies, and they put most of this good high-tech CGI special effects money (laughs) Into the third one <laughs> is where I feel like it win. But we'll, we, we'll talk about more of that after we'll you find watch out. the third one. <laughs> yeah. And then the very, very end, when they're having to figure out how to shut down all this power to get into the, the, back, the back channels of the internet, basically, to get to the source code. At that point, everything has gotten so convoluted, I kind of forget that that part of the movie exists. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're breaking in. <laughs> You've got all these other side characters, like Niobe, who's yeah. <laughs> kind of a character in this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then all the Agent Smiths show up in the back channels again. And it's like, well, where where were you this whole time? What is going on? And I think it gets a lot more complicated then, and it loses a thread. Definitely. I think. Definitely. Um,
1: yeah. Um, the the uh, climax of this movie... Think mm. you've alluded to convoluted for yourself. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie, I really liked all of that. Like once they go into the mainframe or whatever like for the architect and stuff? For the architect before that. For yeah. the architect. Like <clears throat> like even the lead up I, I liked. Um it was cool, but like once Neo gets to the architect,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm like I'm happy I watched (laughs) this far because I think The Architect – I'll start with my reason that it's a nitpick and it doesn't mean anything. But I just love that the computer programs in these movies so far – do not talk as if they are computer programs. They use so many unnecessary words and nothing shows more than the architect. Every time he talks, I'm like, why are you using all
0: these adverbs? He is the most inefficient computer program ever. Just communicate, man. And, And it
1: just makes sense that this would be the seventh, or sixth iteration. Sixth. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, because like, what are you doing? Like, uh. <laughs> anyway, that's why I was thinking while watching him, I was like, I really like this, but I'm like, computer program? Nah, no, nah, you're human, my friend. Like, you just like hearing yourself talk. Yes. I, I love the, the Neo scene with the architect. Um, I, I think for myself, I think that it's a really cool payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for, for the really good parts of this movie, because yes, it you know where the Merovingian fails, the architect just brings this together in a much more interesting way about fate, about choice, um, but also it, it's just such a cool scene. Like it is, I just love the TV screens, the the whole like oh you're different than everyone else, and you know scene. And, and this is where I think we talked about last time characters and and performances where I think Neo where where Keanu Reeves the first movie he, he he's great in this movie I think he's much better actually mm, yeah like because of the architect scene like seeing you know it's like he had to individually shoot all his iterations you know and I think <laughs> there is just something really fun about all of those to show like oh, there's him really pissed off flipping off the camera. It's really yeah. fun to see and then to see, you know, the iteration he's playing now is this stoic iteration of himself that has grown and it's just so weird and
0: cool I love it <laughs> you know no I like Cause... it too and I, I think it for me it, it saved a lot of the end of that movie because yeah. like I, I I know I've been mostly negative and everything I've been saying so far there's a <laughs> lot about this movie I liked but I think this is one of the the reasons I've enjoyed it on this watch as much as I did because it does take those themes of choice and chance and fate and puts it in such a cool visual way it's yeah. like what are all of your options Neo and each of those TV screens show all of the options of what he could be doing, but in the end, you can only choose one. And so when it's kind of like, we see his reactions and how these reactions could go any of these different directions, before it zooms in, it's like, but this is the one you're doing. And is that already chosen? Is it not already chosen? Yeah. It doesn't matter. We know that there's all these different options and this is the one that exists for whatever reason, Yeah, I think it's cool. And just the reveal of, yeah. you know, the, you're not the only one. There yeah. have been five other ones before you and there's going to be more after you. Yeah. You are actually part of the system. When we made the matrix, we needed something different. He calls him a remainder, right? This This thing yeah. to account for hope in humanity. But that makes him part of the system. Like you are something we count on and we expect you and we know you're going to be here. But yeah. then to still have that idea of, but at the same time, you seem to be doing something different because every other the one looks at their options and says, if this is what's best for everybody, that's what I'll do. But you are more interested in what about Trinity? Yeah. What about the one person? And how is that going to affect everything? And I think that's really cool. um, Just as a new development in the Matrix. Yeah. I just think it's a bummer that we didn't get it until the very end of this movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it it is such a a long burn to get to. Um, And I... But I do love it. Um, yeah, because I'm with you. And, and you know, like with the, the chance and everything else and there's this other cool idea. I think it comes from Peter Rollins and maybe it's fleshed out more in the third movie of just like I think he talks about the idea of just like, well, the idea of machines and humans mm-hmm. breaks down in that whole thing because it's like you need each other. And who created yeah. who. And I think maybe that comes more in the third one. Don't tell me. um, is a very <laughs> interesting idea. You know. Because up until that point. It's like. There's these evil machines. And they enslaved us all. It's like. And this is where it starts to break down. You know. And is a huge part of well, the movie. Of, of go down the rabbit
0: hole. And find yeah. out. What actually happened. You do um, get that conversation here in the second one. Because Neo does speak with that councilman. And he takes him down to that room and he talks about how we rely on the machines and they are relying yeah. on us for fuel. Like that's in yeah. the second one. here. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that <laughs> is that. I forgot there. about that
1: one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But again, it's setting up this complex, I mean the second, third movie combined, I went back and looked at my old reviews for, for two and three and one of my observations, but it was, it's a complaint usually Uh, This is one of a handful of trilogies that came out in the early 2000s that had a really strong opening movie and then seemed to get a blank check to make the most bonkers, aspirational, like shoot for the moon, guys, make whatever you want. And if you split it into two movies, that's fine because they do it and like Pirates of the Caribbean do it and all these other things. And that's one of the things that's really hard about these movies because we see something like that speech uh, from the councilman of like, the machines are using us for fuel. They need us. And we're using machines so we yeah. can stay alive in Zion. We need them. Cool. But that is at the very beginning of the second movie. <laughs> and then yeah, most yeah. of this, uh, the rest of the second movie is spent in the Matrix. And, you know, compare that to what will happen in the third movie. I won't say anything. But it's like, we're putting two important ideas too far apart. And I think we're starting to see that happen with these characters, too. Because this brings us new characters like Niobe, which we mentioned. It gives us a new character, Link, um, Mm -hmm. who's there to take the place of of Dozer and Tank. Um, And then you've got new characters, Merovingian and, and Persephone. Like, you've got these new characters, but the ones that are connected to Zion, Locke, niobe and link um and bane to a very small extent in this movie like we don't know anything about these characters but i know that in the third part they're going to play much larger roles but by that point it's like i need to know more about you to feel invested i won't go any further down there we'll save that for conversation on part three (laughs) but i think that's something that is happening here is we have these really cool ideas who relies on whom but where does it pay off? And I don't know if it fully pays off in the second movie because the second movie is built specifically to go right into the third. Yeah. these came Two and three came out in the same year.
1: Yeah. They were like yeah. six
0: months apart. Like they, yep. Wachowski's like, let's do it that, that quick. So um, that is a, a it, yeah. issue of structure and how they decided to do these movies yeah. is it's easy to lose track of some of those big ideas.
1: Yeah. It, this is one of those movies and we've talked about it before where it's like, if this were a show, it'd be so great. Be, because Because, yeah, like... One of the things I really appreciate in this movie and, and love is the world building. Like, The Matrix, like we talked about, it's a great by-itself movie. You can watch mm-hmm. that movie and be done. And most people... Nowadays are, right? <laughs> like <Yes. laughs> e- because it 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 ends perfectly. it's like it's it's philosophical, it's action, it's done, you know but what this movie does, and I think it does it f- rather well is it world builds and, and so that first forty 45 minutes, though though slow, i like because it builds this world you spend you spend time outside of the matrix you're in zion and 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 watching it this time i was like no i like this 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 is not hokey
0: yeah
1: it doesn't feel that way um you know it, it feels like a great tv show where it's just like and now we're here and yeah. you're taking it all in, and it works so well. And and I think it does that for most of the movie. And that's why the architect reveal at the end is so, so awesome. Is just It all blends into this world, and you are understanding it. it it's just, it's a middle movie, and it's a movie-length thing. Where yeah. it's just like, I need things to happen quicker, which unfortunately... Don't <laughs> always, you know, yeah. and, and it's like you said, the, the stakes, the relationships, even to the bad guys just are, are not there mm-hmm. ultimately. Cause it's like, well, Neo until the very end, you don't sense any real danger with him. You're right. It's like, I can stop bullets. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good. Everyone else like, well, you know, Trinity makes it to the end right it's like you know that's coming what's gonna happen there um it does pay off in the end but it 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 feels slow getting there
0: (laughs) i agree i agree well i feel like i could loop around and talk about a few other issues but i think it's (laughs) probably better to start save some of those for final thoughts as we move into ratings all right all right to the ratings
1: reloaded uh I own the soundtrack to this movie, actually. I wanted rock music for one Christmas, and our older brother got me the soundtrack. So, again, I was more familiar with the soundtrack uh, than this movie, and the soundtrack is still really great in this movie. The orchestral music in this movie is, I think, better, Um, Mm -hmm. like the original score and everything. I like the reveals of this movie so much, I think the architect is just such a cool character. I think this movie leans heavily into its sci-fi, which is amazing to, again, become the highest grossing R-rated movie until Deadpool and be this heady (laughs) and and sci-fi leaning. Um, And I think that, is great but also works against this movie as being accessible and and enjoyable especially upon a first or second or third watch I think this movie has to grow on on you I think Keanu Reeves performance is elevated (laughs) in this movie I think uh just from the choreography to the confidence of his character uh Again, this character plays to his a lot of his strengths as well, and he is Neo. Same with uh, Carrie Ann Moss; uh, she she's just wonderful. Um, the stakes between her and and Neo, I think, are raised because of the premonition, because of this weight going throughout the movie, that I think pays off really well in the end, and is coincided with the architect reveal of like okay so what is he going to do you know because it has been determined what was determined mm-hmm. for him i I like all of that there there are some definitely weak parts lazy writing the Merovingian uh, which we uh, talked about quite a bit uh so ah uh, ah uh, this is so hard 3.75. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably going to be four when I log it in in okay. uh Letterbox. I really liked it once I got to the end. I really did though. Like I was just like I would watch this again no problem. Like okay. I really would. Um I don't know about the third one. I <laughs> I've seen the Ron Tomatoes we'll score and it episode. dips. It dips pretty This one stays pretty high. The next one dips. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I'm very sad.
0: Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to see what um, happens. So, yeah, look, like, I mean, I've, I've been... I think my tone is, has revealed quite a bit. There's a lot about this movie that frustrates me so much. And I think what it is is mostly that those stakes and those relationships are not established between Neo and a lot of the other characters. Um, all the new secondary characters that we mentioned, uh, it doesn't even bother me that they're not really there. This is very much like let's stay focused on Morpheus. Trinity and Neo. It makes them a more cohesive Trinity or trio thing. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's fine. I think that's good. But yeah, the writing gets super weird. Uh, some of the fights feel pretty hollow because there's no stakes. Uh, there's some things, I don't know what the Wachowskis were going for in some of it because at the beginning of this movie, when they get to Zion, and I agree, with you, I like the world building. But I think that's what slows it down so much at the beginning. It's like, well, let's take a look at slow-moving Zion. And though we're getting to some important stuff, like Neo has become a messiah figure to all these people in this city. How does that affect him? How does it affect his relationships? But they don't really do a good job at showing how it affects relationships, I don't think, because he and Trinity are like constantly trying to find time to get it on. Yeah. But the thing I don't understand, this for some reason bothered me way more than it should, they're at Zion and they're like, oh, finally, we're together. We have like 36 hours together. This is amazing. It's like, you're on the same ship. You were sleeping in the same bed at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. You were not these like <laughs> starved people. Like one of you went off to war and the other one wasn't. Like, so I think they're trying to create this like, passion and tension and how his new like status has interfered with their relationship. But it's like the movie also gives you all the reason to believe that that's not the case. So it bothers me a lot of stuff like that. That just bothers me. Um, However, uh, I think that there's just some moments in this that are so cool. I do like the twist at the end of just like, you know, this is a repeated process. You're yeah. going to return to us. We're going to kill humanity. There's going to be 24 people or whatever to rebuild the whole thing. And then we start the process all over again. Very cool. Great idea. Great twist. Yeah. Um, we've barely talked about Agent Smith because he's honestly not in it all that much. No. But <laughs> the very end of the movie where you, I guess it happens before the end of the movie, but certainly by the end of the movie, that's like you've got a character who Agent Smith has somehow gotten into his mind. And so yeah, Smith is now yeah. in the real world. Like, even though that's like the cliffhanger of the movie, like, like, oh, this could happen. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm torn on this movie. Uh, and it bothers me. I'm putting, I when I saw it three years ago, I gave it three stars. because I think there's still a lot of good stuff to be seen on this. I think it's ultimately a good movie. But man, there's a lot of disappointments. And I think I'm going to stick it at three and keep it there. Just because I think there's a lot of balancing that has to happen. Yeah. So I'm going to stay at three. All right. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Uh Slade, what are we watching next?
1: We are gonna be watching Paddington. Um <laughs> Revolutions. Re- revolutions. Uh, no, I it's Revelations, isn't
0: it? It's revolutions. Revel
1: it is Revolutions. <coughs> yep. Weird. Revelations would have been a barren title. But anyway. Possibly.
0: Possibly. <laughs> So, the Matrix Revolutions is coming up next. Check it out. And after that, uh, we're going for the fourth one. So get get on that, too. Um, otherwise, as always, thanks, everybody. We love that you listen to us. It's a good time. We like making them. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. So until next time. Yeah, I got to say my thing first. Slow oh, down. Slow down. Farewell, good people don't stop the talk after you unplug the matrix ooh I liked that one see that's why I was excited I I liked that I get it I see why you wanted to get in there with that